0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Controller Podcast. I forgot to look up what episode number this is. <laughs> I think it's twenty-nine or thirty. So if we're at thirty. Congratulations, we're here. We made it to thirty finally. Um, I think that also means that I've I've met the original runs of a One Controller Port Podcast episode number. I think we. I think I ended around like fifteen or something like that. So doubled up doubled up so I think hopefully this format sticks around longer I'm a little concerned because uh I think it was apparent with last week and it might be apparent this week as well um I've I've kind of slowed down on a few things in terms of gaming like I haven't played too much since I I forget if I, I mentioned last week too if I beat Re- Valkyrie Revolution I don't remember if I was already done with it or not I don't think I was uh but yeah I'm just um I'm uh, writing a article right now for Valkyrie Revolution, and so I haven't really done a ton to really say too much. And then I don't think there's really been that many announcements lately that have really jumped out at me. There's like Bayonetta 2 or 1 and 2 and then, you know, the announcement of 3. But I kind of expected 3 to come around, just how Platinum was talking about Bayonetta 3 for a while. And they went, you know, dark for a, a while as well. Um, and I've never played Bayonetta, so it's, it's not something I'm like super excited about or anything like that. I'd like to try that series at some point. I've played Devil May Cry 1 through 3, um, you know, i played Nier Automata and I played, um, The Wonderful 101. Uh, The Wonderful 101 is probably my favorite Platinum game. Um, I'm not sure if Bayonetta, where Bayonetta falls, um, in that range. And just, just to note, just... Because I said Devil May Cry earlier doesn't mean I'm saying Devil May Cry is a platinum game, but it's kind of the same blood in a lot of ways. Uh But yeah, so we'll we'll see we'll see how things go. Um I can probably find stuff to talk about. I'll probably need to find different like topics and stuff interesting. Um. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I one thing I have done uh, in this in this last week is um. On DMM Games, which I I had downloaded to play Dead or Alive uh, uh, Venus Vacation, Uh, Chain Chronicles 3 came out. Um, And so, Chain Chronicles is a Sega uh, mobile RPG series that's been out for a while now in Japan. I mean, obviously, we're on Chain Chronicles 3. I think it's kind of fascinating. I think they don't necessarily, like, I don't think they release separate apps. I think Chain Chronicles 1, 2, and 3 are all the same app but they just keep like renaming it as time goes on and they revamped the game and things like that cuz um cuz even even downloading Chain Chronicles 3 for DMM games you actually start in Chain Chronicles 1 and 2 there's like an actual icon that i assume says Chain Chronicles 1 and 2 and there's another icon that i assume says Chain Chronicles 3 um and you can switch between them and it's like a different map and everything different style of content um i think maybe the chain chronicles 3 stuff is like the more live stuff right now because there's actual like christmas events going on but if you go go back to chain chronicles 1 and 2 um it seems very sterile in a lot of ways just like here's this rpg kind of thing uh like like a standard world map and like it looks like there's maybe timed events but i don't think it's like a like seasonal events or anything like that but essentially what chain chronicles is is um it's kind of like a real-time strategy game in some ways. We have this uh I think it's like a 9x9 nine nine grid on each side of the field. The enemies get nine grid or nine squares and then um the uh sorry, that'd be a 3x3 three three grid. Um but anyways, the enemies get nine squares and then you get nine squares. It, and your characters all spawn within these squares and uh if they stay in one spot, they'll just stand there and like enemy if they like walk up and clash, they'll just fight each other. And then, you know, whoever has the better stats wins. And at the point where I am, where it's like really early on the game, my character always wins. (laughs) Um, Most of the time. Um, But uh, essentially, you can like layer out these characters on like a tower defense kind of structure. But you can also make characters go and attack enemies, which is essential when like archers show up. And they're going to sit in their base and just like pelt your characters with bullets and things like that. So, there's like a handful of classes. There's like a a warrior class, uh, a tank class, like a a knight class, um, and then archer, healer, and then a a mage. And it's kind of a rock, paper, scissors thing. So, like the the warrior is strong against the shield users. The shield users are strong against the magic and arrow users. And then the arrow users are strong against the warrior users. Um, Or the arrow and the magic users are really strong against the warrior users. Um... So essentially, what you do is you sit there, and you, as the character, as the enemies come on the screen, uh, you line your characters up so they they are in a defensive position. Or if you're early on and don't really care, <laughs> like I am, you just tell all of them to go and attack, <laughs> and and uh, they'll all just like dash out onto the other person's field and just like start whacking away. Um, at the beginning of each round, you get like kind of a um, a roulette system so so you'll get a a power sphere for a specific job class so if you get a warrior power sphere thing uh your warrior can do a special skill depending on the character you have though those skills are different and they have different costs so some some may require you know three warrior skill or three warrior skills to uh do the attack i'm not sure if they ever mix and match if a warrior would ever need like two two warrior skills plus a knight skill available um but right now, at least, it seems like everyone just requires a one to three number of powers to use their skill. Um, so, yeah, and in terms of the progression, it's pretty it's pretty much your standard like puzzle and dragon kind of thing. You pull characters or you gain characters through playing and you can uh, level them up. And, uh, as you level them up, you know, you can combine them with other characters of their type, or you can feed them other cards to give them more experience, or I assume at some point probably evolve them once they've capped out, each character has a level cap, um, so it it pretty much follows that structure of the gotcha mechanics and, uh, you know, earning earning more cards to level your characters they also get levels not just from you know consuming other characters of their same type but also just by fighting uh they build up uh, exp um yeah and on the on the back end side it's more of a standard uh kind of you you have a world map kind of like a mario world map where you can go from town to town but it's on like a, a line and uh, you may have, may have some encounters on those initial uh, travelings to those towns, but once you're at that town, you just basically select it to go to it. And then each town has like a set a number of quests, like free quests and uh, character-specific quests, which is pretty cool. Um, it has character-specific quests to characters you've pulled so that you get like a story and dialogue with that character. Um, the only problem is, is that uh, it's in Japanese, so <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. So I pretty much just click through the story and characters, and and uh, call it a day. Um, and you get like you know gems so you can pull more characters. and Enjoy. Uh, for a second, I thought it was like maybe some characters were limited between Chain Chronicles One and Two, and then Chain Chronicles Three, because when you were pull them, sometimes it'd give you this weird message that would specify Chain Chronicles Three or Chain Chronicles One and Two. Uh, but I think what that really meant was uh, their story, their character story happens within Chain Chronicles 1 and 2 section or the Chain Chronicles 3 section. Uh, but I was scared that I pulled a bunch of characters that I wasn't able to actually use. Uh, but yeah, I I can use them. I don't know if I'll jump straight to Chain Chronicles 3 or not. I probably will just because, um, uh, because the game's in Japanese and I don't really know any resources for playing it. Um, I don't know if I'll really stick with it super long. I also just got off playing Venus Vacation, so so mobile game wise, I'm kind of burned out. But I had uh, I had pre-registered for it, and so it showed up on my my DMM games list while I was um, just using my computer. Because demon games like a computer application, which I like, because I don't like using my phone. <laughs> I would rather play a lot of mobile games on a computer. That's what I used to do with Final Fantasy uh, Grandmasters. Um, I would uh, load up... I forget what it's called. Bl- blue something? Some kind of... Uh, BlueStacks? It was some kind of emulator, uh, and I played Final Fantasy Grandmasters that way. Uh, the only problem was, is I think eventually they... Kicked out everyone who was on emulators, <laughs> so you couldn't play anymore. I'm guessing there's some kind of cheating concern kind of thing. I I I never really messed with blue slacks enough to know how to do anything like that. I pretty much just played the game. Um, I did wish it was more um, easier to to get money for those services and pay to use them. I'm someone who who doesn't really pay money for mobile games to get stuff. Like generally, what will happen is I will pay ten dollars for something at the some point when I'm done with the game. And I'll maybe like pull those monsters or whatever, and then I won't play the game again. <laughs> um, I just kind of like I kind of want to pay to be like, oh, I enjoyed this game, and I'm not going to be a complete freeloader <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but but yeah, Chain Chronicles uh, three seems all right. The characters are really cute and super low detail. I expected more production values considering it seems like a fairly popular game in japan but i'm not sure um if chain chronicles 3 revamped anything or if it's still using like the engine from whenever chain chronicles 1 and 2 came out which i think has been years now it must have been like three or four years ago at this point uh but yeah chain chronicles that is that is it um i know we talked a lot about xenoblade 2 last week but i didn't really um i didn't get a chance to sit down and play it really i probably should start it this weekend just to get it going Um, but that's probably going to take up the rest of my 2017. It's, the it's December 9th. Um, maybe I'll play something else before I, before December finishes out, but I do, I'm probably going to focus mostly on Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, but I think for all intents and purposes, my, my 2017's done, uh, in terms of game stuff. Um, I'm probably going to put some, some articles out still. But I don't think I'll have anything particularly super fascinating or new. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm looking for my Valkyria for my Valkyria Revolution article going out, and then after that, I'm not really sure what I plan to do for the rest of this year for uh, stuff. I was debating doing some uh, 2017 like year game game of the year kind of content. Not not game of the year. The problem with game of the year is I don't play enough new games to to really make any kind of solid argument or list for that stuff um but one thing I did want to talk about and I don't think I'm going to make this into an article or anything like that maybe I will at some point but um I don't know I I just it feels like a weird thing to put into an article Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about 2017 and um uh a lot of big franchises um I think specifically Japanese ones. Yeah, these are all Japanese franchises, um, and a lot of franchises that I've I've spent a lot of time lo- a lot of time loving. Uh, we saw the release of quite a few games this year, um, between uh, near Resident Evil, Zelda, uh, Final Fantasy came out last year, but um... excuse me, I think I mostly played it this year. I I didn't get super far into it, but um. And then Mario Odyssey and Valkyria, Valkyria Revolution. I would say all of those franchises are pretty much, with maybe the exception of Nier, are pretty much series that I've been kind of a long time fan of. Uh, Valkyria, or the Valkyria series, I, I really liked Valkyria Chronicles 1. Uh, I didn't try to play Valkyria Chronicles 2 to last year though. Either way, uh, these are all kind of franchises that I've had a, a, interest or love with for you know at least you know three to ten years with zelda even longer probably how old am i zelda has probably been closer to 20 years <laughs> um uh and resident evil's probably been closer to 20 years too same thing with final fantasy uh, but um anyways the the point i i would thing think i kind of want to talk about is um in a lot of ways, I somewhat feel <laughs> alienated from a lot of these games now. Some of them, not all of them. Um, and I, I guess I, I maybe the best way to handle this is to kind of talk about them uh, one by one. Because um, uh, th- between Final Fantasy XV and Re- The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, it's definitely... The biggest thing I have with those games, the biggest problem I have with those games is that they're open world games. Um, I don't have a problem with open world per se, but it's not a style of game I think is particularly exciting. Or at least I haven't gotten to the point in my life where when someone says open world game, I I associate it with any kind of real positive traits. Uh, open world game generally to me means it's going to be in a lot of ways unfocused. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's going to be like, here's your core story, but you're going to have to fill out the rest of the world, uh, in your own time, basically go do what you want to do on the side and, and how much story you're going to get is going to vary depending on what you do. I mean, I mean, you could have a fantastic side quest in a game that you completely miss just because it's like a marker on the map and, and at some point, you're not gonna do every marker on the map in these games usually and it's you just kind of skip by some of them and you have no idea what the content is that they hold. Um, so so going in that direction, especially for Zelda, um, I can't say I'm excited going forward about the zelda series taking more of an approach towards breath of the wild i i don't think the core game's current or rather the the previous structure um really fits the current vision very well and so everything i think about with breath of the wild is like this game probably needs to get away from zelda in a lot of ways but at the same time, that's also completely reworking the game further away from what I actually like about the series. I I, I think a lot of Zelda for me is the dungeon uh, design and the puzzle solving, and even on the open world, like like the the little bits and pieces of puzzles uh, you find on the open world that award you with you know heart pieces and things like that. And Breath of the Wild definitely has that kind of stuff to some extent. But the, the scale at which it's blown out and the, the, the um, repetitive nature of all of those um, those puzzles, because there are so many, um, just makes it feel like this huge world is filled with the same content over and over and over again. And I, it, I don't find it very exciting. Uh, I don't think it's a way that feels like a progression of, you know... How the the dungeon... Uh, Let me think of the best way to say this. So like a dungeon in Breath of the Wild. Doesn't really feel like it ever scales in any way. It never seems like it challenges you to use your current skills. Or your previous skills. In any new or fascinating way. Because it's always the first time you could possibly be running into those challenges. And it just feels like a really low... Really common like... It feels like it lowers all the standards of everything to the lowest common denominator of this may this be this person's first dungeon and it's too scared to leave you lost at like a puzzle or something like that. Combat wise, it doesn't it doesn't get scared to like abuse you. Um I'm probably going way too deep into Zelda here. <laughs> But I, I think my general my general complaint with Zelda and Final Fantasy is, just that I'm not a big fan of open world design. I think there's a lot to, like a lot good about linear game design, and I think you can open spaces within linear game design to give players places to explore, and while still kind of guiding them on an experience. Um, Final Fantasy 15, I think, may end up being that way. I didn't get a ton of time into it, but just the the kind of like the almost you figure out how you want to play this game, kind of thing. Which is it sounds super dumb, <laughs> being upset about that. Being like, oh, um, you know, the game gave me way too many things to do. Um, I I really don't like this feeling of having to leave stuff behind a lot of the time. I and mean, I, at some point, when I with like Xenoblade Chronicles X, I had to figure out a way to to tell myself it's okay to leave stuff behind. It's okay that I'm not gonna do this stuff. Um, because if you sit there and do every single thing they present to you, it's just not, it's not going to be a fun experience because you're just going to be caught in a single area for so long. Um, let me move on from those two though. Uh, Resident Evil 7, I think the big thing with that is, uh, I just didn't feel like it had the personality of the Resident Evil series. I don't like the characters so in that game as far as I've played. I, I don't like the movement very much, which is really weird to say because, like, I'm a big fan of the old Resident Evil Solid tank controls. But then I just, when it comes to Resident Evil 7, I just complain about how, like, tanky the controls are. <laughs> but I, I wonder if part of it has to do, like, the first-person perspective and feeling like I don't have a full concept of the situation a lot of times. Where, where um, in, you know, older Resident Evil games, it was tanky, but you had a general good look at what's going on. I don't think that argument holds up. I think that's a bad argument that I'm making because in the case of like Resident Evil, when you're in first person, you can see further down a hall in front of you where in the original Resident Evil, they could actually obscure halls in ways that were not always fair, like zombies being like directly off screen and things like that. Um, I wish I knew more about why I didn't like Resident Evil 7. I just fell off of it. I think it's a lot to do with the style. I don't like the uh, concept of having a all-powerful character you can't really kill. You, It feels like you're wasting your resources on those characters when you use them. It discourages you from fighting, I feel like. Um, and and I don't think that's necessarily is like, oh, well, Resident Evil is a game about running away. I think you need to have... The ability to feel like you're using your tools to get away, uh, but when you use your tools to get away in Resident Evil 7, it feels like you've wasted those tools, because it's like, well, I, I shot them, but I didn't really do any damage or anything like that. Um, I never liked uh, Nemesis, I never liked the, in Resident Evil 2, the big like big tank jacket coat guys, that kind of like ever-present... Ever um, evil I thought Resident Evil 4 handled it in an interesting way where they had a single boss fight that was kind of like you going around and solving problem uh solving puzzles while a boss was like attacking you all the time in the background and then he would be like go away then come back I think it makes a lot of sense for an individual like encounter but for an entire game feeling that way it's it's not particularly fun (laughs) But I, I'll give Resident Evil 7 more of a shot at some point. Hopefully I have more, like, clarified feelings. And then Nier Automata, I think I've talked plenty about. I just, I just, all of those games, like, all four of those games, I'm just like, these are long-time franchises for me <laughs> that I really like. And in a lot of ways, I feel like they, they've gone in a different direction that doesn't really appeal to me. And they've been very successful in those directions. Maybe Final Fantasy 15 less so than the other games. But, you know, Zelda won Game of the Years at the Game Award this year, and it's being, like, heralded as the best Zelda in years. And I I think that game is, in a lot of ways, comparable to Skyward Sword. Uh, just kind of the opposite side of the coin of Skyward Sword. Um, Resident Evil 7, I... Yeah, I, I don't really know what I want out of Resident Evil at this point. I liked Resident Evil so I, I initially did not like Resident Evil 6 but I eventually came around on it after a friend talked to me a lot about it and kind of showed me a new perspective to look at Resident Evil 6. Uh, a Nier Automata, I think that game is not a bad game. I think it has a lot of problems. I would say maybe it's... Any game is usually not a bad game. Um, that's the reality of it. Like, even a a game that we consider, quote, bad these days is generally not bad. It's very average at best. And I think Nier Automata has a lot of elements that are average. uh, But then it's held up by, you know, the the twists and turns that the Nier series offers. But, you know, at the same time, it's also like, oh, this is the same stuff. And and I don't want the same stuff out of Nier. I don't want this, the Nier to be a franchise that's all about using the concepts of the original game and just like copy pasting the next game um but I will say uh Mario Odyssey I was I was pleasantly surprised about maybe um I mean I guess at the same time I was I was excited to see Mario Odyssey in the first place uh even when before whenever it was first announced because the, the cap mechanic is just a really neat way to add a lot of variety to the Mario uh series. Mario Galaxy feels in a lot of ways kind of the the top of where you can go in terms of uh you know linear precise platforming in a 3D space with Mario. Um and it has its own um own own uh I say gimmick but I don't use it mean it in a bad way. It uses gravity uh, to really kind of redefine the game compared to other 3D Mario games in terms of how you move, and that I don't think they really could go anywhere further with that concept. I don't think they could go, keep going in the direction of Galaxy and be successful. So I'm glad to see they took kind of this like left turn on Mario Odyssey, and um, you know, I wouldn't say it's as good as as cl- clever of an idea as you know the gravity stuff in Mario Galaxy, having the ability to like capture all these different uh uh enemy types and make mario do a bunch of interesting uh you know tasks and stuff using these different bodies um but i think it's a a good alternative i think it's offers a lot of variety that i think maybe this mario series hasn't really had before uh mario i think generally focuses on on some single singular elements And Mario Odyssey, in a lot of ways, just feels like shoving everything into a kitchen sink. And then somehow it turns out it turns out good. Like most games that really focus on having variety don't have great mechanics for a lot of those elements. Um, Those like elements that you use for like only a few minutes at a time or they overuse elements. And so it's like, yes, it's a ton of variety. But this car game that was fun for three minutes is now going on for 30 minutes. And I'm done and tired of this. Uh, and I think Mario Odyssey um does a really good job of keeping all that stuff in check. Uh I love a game with a ton of variety. Uh it's just it's just a nice a nice direction for the series, I think. I'm glad that it it, it, it turned out so great. Uh and Valkyria Revolution, I was super pleasantly surprised. Uh I, I started off not liking it really at all that much for like the first ten hours or so. Um and I guess I won't talk about Valkyria Revolution that much because it is Uh, something that I'm going to be posting about uh, very soon. But there's just a lot of interesting concepts in terms of um, how the story is presented and the characters that are in that story and what their relationships are with each other. And mechanically, uh, you know, morale and, you know... Performing tasks to build that morale is not particularly new for the series. It was in Valkyria Chronicles 2, but they really ingrained it into the design of this game in a way that that makes it a very powerful tool to use. Uh, if you really embrace the morale system in Valkyria Revolution, uh, it, it really changes the feel of that game and completely, in my opinion. So, that was kind of messy, but... um. <laughs> but basically i think what i'm trying to say is i was a little disappointed at the beginning of the of the first half of the year because you know near resident evil zelda and final fantasy really, none of those resonated with me and and i'm someone who who generally doesn't stick around with may, most mainstream series anymore um so seeing you know these these long time favorites of mine Get further and further away from what I wanted uh, was a little depressing to some extent. I'm I'm glad that Resident Evil Seven, Zelda, and Final Fantasy 15 are um, are evolving in their own ways, even if it's not particularly something that I want. Uh, versus NieR Automata, which is a game that doesn't feel like it evolved in any way um and where it does try to evolve I feel like it fails ultimately where I feel like Resident Evil 7 Zelda and Final Fantasy 15 at least have some some value to them they they succeeded in something uh Nier Automata just I think the only thing it succeeded in was teasing people more than anything um, teasing them in a way that I think really, really flicks the switch on a lot of people in terms of you know trying to get their minds going about thinking about these stories and stuff, which is not a bad thing. But I think you need substance behind it. Where I don't think Niranamana has any substance. I think people have really gone down their own hole and then realize not realize that they are now in like <laughs> dug into their house on accident. So they're like making their own shit instead I think the fan base for Nier Automata well I mean there's always you know different parts of a group of fan base but I think that I really like the fan base for Nier Automata uh I just don't like Nier Automata uh and I yeah but Mario Odyssey I'm like Mario Odyssey and Valkyrie Revolution really turned around my second half of this year um and I'm, I'm really happy those games um those games uh succeeded in in doing something new with their design and i hope Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is the same um Xenoblade Chronicles X i was super worried about being very samey as uh the original Xenoblade and it was entirely not um in a way that it, it did alienate me in that case too where it's a big open world like Bethesda style game and i'm like what is this i don't want anything to do with this at first uh and then when i eventually did come around to it my my save file uh got deleted that was a cool time i love time um yeah so yeah mario odyssey valkyrie evolution games of the year 2017 for me uh by no good standard (laughs) so maybe next year i think i might um i think for 2017 i might do uh uh or 2018 i might um start doing this thing i used to do where on gamefly i would essentially put on the list every single thing that was coming out and i literally would play whatever they sent me and then as time went on throughout the year i would just you know add games on then remove old games and then that would just keep me trying out new things or like series that i particularly didn't care for and making sure i um Ooh, sorry i hit the mic um and making sure I uh I um you know played more more games that weren't particularly uh drawing me in El Shaddai was a game I really had no interest in it whatsoever I actually thought it would look very pretentious in a lot of ways but I love El Shaddai now that I've played it and I thank Gamefly for that thank you Gamefly you're not my sponsor This is a long episode. I'm going to end it now. So thank you guys. Uh, There was a new video this week. uh, Or last week for you guys. Sometimes I forget I record this at the end of the week. And then you guys get it next week. Um... Uh, Undead Syndrome. That's a weird game, and I like it a lot. Um, it's a bad game, too. That's, if you want to talk about bad games, Undead Syndrome, in a lot of ways, is probably a bad game. It's, it's a, a good quality bad game. <laughs> um, I would recommend the Undead Syndrome versus something like Lady Santa. Uh, Lady Santa is a scary thing. Maybe I'll do something about Lady Santa someday. We'll see. Who knows? Lady Santa's bad. Lady Santa is the actual definition of a bad game. Um so yep, yeah. that's it for this week thank you guys so much for listening and uh I'll talk to you next week I think let me check the uh dates yep I'll talk to you next week bye <laughs>